Welcome to Sex, Love, Power, the podcast that teaches powerful women how to get fully met, handled, deeply partnered with, and totally turned on in their relationships. I'm your host, Michelle Lisenberry Christensen. We're going to use brain science, intersectional feminism, research-based relationship skills, and ancient erotic wisdom practices to create the love and sex you really want. Let's go. And I initiated a conversation with my dear friend, Jessica, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But this conversation went places I didn't even anticipate because she is so brilliant and she's so frank with her own experience and she can tie in so many pieces of research. All I had to do was just listen (laughs) and record. And I think that she brings up some really powerful connections between women's brilliant minds and the difficulty that we have then showing up in the bedroom in the way that we want to the challenges that being a feminist presents when we want to create satisfying, enjoyable sexual connections, the link to possible childhood, either overt trauma or just the basic trauma of growing up female in a patriarchy and so many other pieces. My guest today is Dr. Jessica Pullins. She's a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in the treatment of trauma post-traumatic stress disorder, complex PTSD, and chronic pain. But that's not really why I invited her. I invited her because she's one of my best friends in this world. And we've been friends since about the late 1800s. So we know each other really well. And we both know that we have these brilliant neurodivergent minds and shining feminist hearts and a profound commitment to full aliveness. So we can really go there together. And that's what we want to do with all of you. So have a listen. I can't wait to hear what this brings up for you. This issue of wanting to be led is something that I have been struggling with for years and years and only have recently manifested it and started actively working on it probably in the past eight months, I would say. So this is very fresh for me. For background, because I think it's important, and I think a lot of the people you work with, I'm sure, will talk about similar things. Um, There was a lot of sort of stigmatized sexuality in my childhood home. There was uh, a sex addict father. There was all kinds of inappropriate boundaries around comments. There was a lot of body shaming. There was, my mother had a lot of shame that I sort of internalized. And so there was, there's a lot at play apart from all the cultural stuff that we do to women around body image. Um, worth outside of beauty, those things. And then another piece of it, of the puzzle for me is that I consider myself a feminist and feminists are supposed to act in certain ways <laughs> in the bedroom. <laughs> um, you know, so I've been reflecting on this a lot and, and it's, it's a problem that I really always located in myself because I always had partners that would be thoughtful that would ask what I wanted, that, that tried their hardest to do what they thought I would want 
but when they would ask, it was this rapid fire process where I would be afraid to answer the question. And then I would go into a freeze response and I actually would not be able to talk. And I wouldn't even be able to think what my answer was. And, and I've noticed that for years and years and years, pretty much since I've, since I've been sexual and my thought process after the fact was always, I have to get over that. I have to be able to talk. I have to get out of this fear response. There's something wrong with me. I sh- this is a stupid problem. I should be able to talk about it. He's being nice. He's asking me, blah, blah, blah. So I would sort of beat myself up about why are you freezing when somebody asks you what you want, right? And then that would lead into me not having as much pleasure in sex as I wanted to and kind of retreating and the other person getting frustrated. It's just a very chronic problem. And so it was also discordant with how I am in the rest of my life, which is articulate, (laughs) clear thinking, driven, confident, successful, I can lead, I can plan, I can visualize, I'm creative. But when it came to this one issue, everything just completely shut down. Like it was, there was nobody home when this was happening. And I wouldn't say I I was dissociated, but I was in an absolute freeze response and couldn't talk. And so what has changed is in the past two years, I've been with this very loving, wonderful partner and um, I was noticing the problem start to happen again. And I, I didn't want it to, I didn't want it to ruin our relationship or affect our relationship. And so I, I basically decided to talk to him about it one day. And I, I, instead of sort of getting down on myself, I just spoke about it from a kind of observing sense. And I said, I notice a pattern in myself. I'm going to tell you what this pattern is and maybe we can work on this together. And so I explained the pattern of where he's asking me what I want. Do you like this? Do you want me to do this? And it's all, he's asking all the right questions. It's the sort of consent language that we want. It's respectful. It's gentle. It's loving. And I said, and my response to that is to freeze and not be able to talk. And so that's why you will see me physically freeze. I can't answer you. I'll say no. I'll actually, the only thing I can get out is no. You want me to do that? No. You want me to do this? No. It's the only word I can do. And so I said, I I see it starting to wither our sexuality and I don't want that to happen. But I also have been working on this for so long, I can't fix this particular response. So the only thing I can think of is you just need to tell me. You need to start telling me, tell me what to do and I will follow it. And not only do I follow it, I actually have a sexual, I have an arousal response to it. And so if, if we go in the bedroom, instead of you saying, hey, should we go in the bedroom? Say to me, I'm going to take you into the bedroom. Totally different response in my body if you do it that way. When we get into the room, instead of saying, would you take your clothes off? Take your clothes off right now, right? Totally different response. And I find myself, instead of feeling frozen, I find myself in more of a like 
it's almost like a receptive trance state. And it's very, it's sort of exciting instead of fearful. Now, when I told him this, about this pattern and this awareness I was having, I was so ashamed of it because I thought it was such a defect that I just like cried and cried and cried and just had this very, my body responds to it. I froze again when I was talk, trying to talk to him about it and his emotional response to it. And he was, he just listened and he said, well, no, this is really good information. And I think we can figure stuff out about this. There's been a deepening of our connection because of the level of trust required from both of us to be able to do that. So it's been remarkable. It, it just completely like revitalized him sexually, completely opened me back up into feeling safe. But we also know that it is essentially play and it applies in that arena only. And when we get outside of that arena, we are peers and, and, and we are equitable. And I'm, I contribute in these ways, he contributes in these ways, and they're not gendered ways. It's really, really interesting. It's made us more balanced having this understanding of me needing to not make a single decision except based on the sensations that I'm having and that's it. And it actually allows me to, to feel, it allows my brain to be quiet and to only focus on sensation. And I do not, I've never had that experience before and I don't have it anywhere else in my life because I spend all my time thinking, 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 right? As you know, <laughs> you're the same way. Um, and, and the thing about it that's, rem that's so remarkably, remarkable to me that's also paradoxical is by by being led, I'm maximized. It's crazy to me that by being led, by being safely submissive, by being held, by being handled, I feel this, this optimization of my spirit, of my self. And it just is sort of sublime. It's incredible. So um, that's what I have to say about that. Wow. <laughs> I hope that's what you were after. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it. I'm so happy for you. It's that's pretty gorgeous. Great. Yeah, Super it's pretty great. great. <laughs> yeah, well, like in a, in a position of being Submission. at effect rather than at cause. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Be so, held and, and uh, yeah, led, but also right. like, being safe because you're clear. Exactly. Right. And, and that at any point I can say to him, and it, it, what's amazing is in that state, I can actually talk. Yeah. I can say, do that. No, please don't do that. I do like that. Mm, that doesn't feel great because I have to be able to talk in that state. I have to be able to say like, this feels safe. This does not feel safe. Right. The consent has to be ongoing and crystal clear. Exactly. Crystal clear. Yeah. And it's part of the contract. And so for whatever reason, and, you know, I go into thinking, is it neurochemical? I don't even know. But for whatever reason, in that situation, I can actually relax and I do not have a fear response. I have a, I have a kind of excitement within safety response. Mm -hmm. Um which from what I know about the nervous system is our sort of highest level order of, of a 
social connection response, right? So we're in your PFC now. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly right. You know, when you said I'm thinking all the time, I think there's probably a couple of women who aren't here right now who do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It might just be us. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But maybe we'll find some other couple, three who think similar. And and it's, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing short of a full erotic surrender in my yeah. experience either that can shut off this brain. It just, I didn't know that was actually, that. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't, I didn't, I was, I was using my same planning, strategize, sequencing. If I do this, then this happens, then this will happen. Then like I was lost intellectualizing sex and I, I had no idea that this was even an option to be honest. No idea. I mean, I'm a psychologist, so I research things and the people in this community are healthier in their general communication healthier in terms of mood, in terms of life satisfaction, in terms, in terms of sense of self and the, the, the relationships deepen. And the thing about it to me that was the most fascinating was this concept of subspace. Have you heard about that? Um, Uh That's obviously some kind of neurological state that gets accessed by erotic what did you call it erotic something open some openness submission you call it you had a great surrender maybe surrender Uh, thank you yes so erotic surrender there's something about not not just the um it's not just a function of the orgasm there's this there's this like I think it's an endorphin surge or an oxytocin surge, or there's some kind of chemical cocktail that floods us in that state of erotic surrender that leads us to go into the subspace trance. And in that trance, I also can't really speak for a while. I'm sort of subverbal um, after we're done. But not frozen. Not frozen at all. Fully relaxed. Fully relaxed. And we maybe, maybe not subverbal. Maybe maybe transverbal. <laughs> there we go. It's, it feels like that. It feels transverbal. Yeah. It feels like I don't need to. I don't need to talk. Yeah. I'm. I'm so at peace. I'm so. I'm so. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's enlightened. Maybe it's elevated. Maybe it's integrated. Maybe it's just blissed out high on endogenous drugs. I don't know what it is, but it's satiated, um, satiated, all those things, but just bliss. It's just blissful. And you don't have to, you don't have to speak when you're in that. There's no planning. There's no, you don't want to you don't want to break it, you know? So we, it's, it's amazing. I didn't know it was a thing. So there we go. Gorgeous. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. And the part that's like really 
fascinating in a very new way for me is like the beginning where, where you described what it's been like for you in the past and, and that frozen state. And it has me thinking about, and I, you know, I definitely have conversations with couples about her trauma responses, Mm -hmm. which are, as you said, often personal because so many women have personal, you know, pretty big T trauma. And then every single woman bar none has little T trauma around sexuality by virtue of having grown up on earth. Yeah. And so, but the, the way that assertiveness on the part of one's partner can set to safety that trauma. It, yeah. it seems like a paradox, right? Exactly I'm gonna, right. I'm going to manage you now and you're going to feel more safe than you would with the ambiguity of a more egalitarian way of relating. That's exactly right. What gives? It's really, it's really weird. I don't understand it myself. I think that I don't understand it. That, that, that's the only thing I can say. It's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be egalitarian. We're supposed to um, give verbal consent. We're supposed to know, I will like it if you do this. Please do this. There's something about, there's something about the transaction that turned on a trauma response for me. Yeah. And well, I, mean, I think that it's, is so complex and there's so many contrasting expectations that mm-hmm. I think for a lot of us, maybe in ways as stark as you experience, and maybe for, for some other women, it's more subtle mm-hmm. and a more mm-hmm. subtle form might simply be, I am not turned on. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. cannot That's right. respond to this. Yep, there is exactly. no lubrication. There's, I'm right. just not, this is not doing it for me because she has to think too much. She has to perform. Yeah. Right. And she has to meet like those expectations of like what my mom said when I was four. And then what I think a feminist is supposed to be in the bedroom. And yeah. then I'll, and I'm, and now I'm thinking and I'm up in my head. That's right. No other that's, parts of me are responding. That, I'm I just think that's working hard. What it is. I think that's, I think it's being up in your head. I think that's what it is because what's in my head is a list of the seven patients I just saw today. Every meal I have to make for myself and my daughter how many times did the dogs pee and poop today? Did I give them their medication? I haven't done that load of laundry. Who did I forget to respond to? You know, like, I don't want, do you like being touched that way? Yes or no in that list. I don't, I don't want to have to think about it. I just want, I want to get out of my brain with the sexual, not even just the sexual stuff, just the connecting stuff, the intimacy stuff, right? I just want to be in the feeling of it. I don't want to have to think about it. Um, I don't want to have to make choices about it. So I, and I swear to God, it just connects to something primitive that we don't, we have lost a name for it because we pretend to be civilized, but, but yeah, there's some primate thing at work. Yeah. That, well, there's a name I use for it. Polarity. There's okay. something we're hungry for where like right now, let's play like you're the boss. Right. And then later we'll play like I'm the boss. Like there are yeah. times for both of it, 
but like, let's really play. Yeah. Let's yeah. step outside how we are out there and where you, right. you take out the trash and I do the dishes and then the next time vice versa. And like, we're both grown ups doing that in here. We're playmates, right? And we are right. animals and we are like, and, and you're not asking me because we yeah. have a consent container we created together. Exactly. And exactly. like, can we give a message to male partners who go, Oh God, but what if I do it wrong? She's saying she doesn't want to give me guidance. She doesn't want to have that conversation about, should I touch you this way? Should I touch you that way? Like, but I'm going to screw it up. That's not, that's the man getting into his head. That's the man being afraid of judgment. That's the man being afraid of being shamed and being laughed at, right? Like part of the consent container needs to be, if I take the risk of trying to, I'm, I have the initiative to try to please you, you receive that in a kind or playful way. You, you do not shame me. That's part of the deal. The deal for the woman is, if I let you lead, you do not hurt me. And the man's deal needs to be, if I lead, you do not hurt me. Right? Because we yeah. can't play if we're afraid of being hurt. Yeah. I think. Um, so it's not, am I going to make a mistake? It's, I'm going to try, this seems, you know what it is in, in, in ours? He thinks about it. He's got this amazing sexual imagination. It's just incredible. And he'll think about stuff he wants to do. And he'll say like, I think this would be fun. I want to try it. Let's see if you like it or not. Yeah. So, so he has confidence. Like, I think it'll be cool. Maybe she'll like it. And that way we kind of discover new stuff. But he's even leading with his imagination, right? Yes. Which is, yeah. by itself is a turn on. Yeah. So if there's no like, ooh, that was gross. It's like, oh, I really, really like that one. That one, ah, but let's, let's do that one again. And then he's found something that's a winner and, and he's happy, right? And I'm happy. So, but, but on some level, um it requires equal vulnerability from both partners because of what, what you're talking about. The man is afraid of messing up. The man is afraid of being judged. The man is afraid of being inadequate. That's all him being in his head in the same way the woman is in her head about, I don't look good. I can't say what I want. I, he's going to think the skin on my stomach is too flappy, you know, all that, all that stuff. He's going to think I'm ugly. He's going to think I'm not attractive. We, we're, that's all of our insecurities that we bring to this stuff. If we're playing, that stuff should ideally be a, at least in the background. Right? For sure. Except yeah. for my stomach, and, but you know. And we could, well, then, but then you have a sense of humor about it. Of like, I know we're right. playing, but just so you know, my head just totally went to the flappy, flappity flap on my stomach. <laughs> exactly. I'm back now. Exactly. Or like part of that becomes part of the consent container too. Like I, part of the consent is like, I, we do this. I wear a bra when we do this during certain positions. Cause if I'm not wearing a bra, I'm going to be thinking about my boobs flapping to the side too much. And I won't be able to focus on what's happening. So here's how we make it safe for me. Right. So that's an example or, um, Oh my gosh, I know. we're going to do a whole show on the, <laughs> on boob, the on proactive use well, the, the proactive <laughs> use of lingerie yeah. as an yeah. anxiety queller. Totally. Totally. I know. I, yes, I have thoughts on that show too. Yeah. Yes. 
you know you're my co-host, right? All right. So that was my conversation with Jess, the first of what will probably be many. And I hope that it's just the beginning of our conversation with you. Let me know what came up for you out of this conversation. What are your frustrations with connecting to your body and maybe disconnecting from your head? How do you think your trauma plays out in the realm of desire and communication? What do you most hope for? What do you want to be able to ask your partner for? Please give me a call. You can leave a voicemail at 206-659-9865 and continue our conversation. I may include your voice in a future episode. And I think that by together exploring these sweet, tender, often hot questions, we can create more space for the kind of love and sex we really desire in our lives and in this world. Hope you'll join me. Thanks so much for listening today. You've been listening to Sex, Love, Power with Michelle Lisenberry Christensen. It's a brand new podcast, and what we really need now are listeners. So if you enjoyed this episode, please do me a huge, solid favor and go to wherever you listen, especially if it's on iTunes, and leave a review. Show me those stars. And if you can, just leave a thoughtful line or two about what this episode meant for you, what it brought up, what future listeners can hope to expect from the show. That'll help so much. I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Be well.